Welcome into the October 3rd episode of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. The Leafs are off to Gravenhurst for the week. A little team bonding getaway before the rigors of an 82-game plus, hopefully more than just one playoff round, David and friends. But on today's show, I'm going to go through the team's cap situation, Dave. Going to hit up you know, cap friendly, go through the armchair GM thing and kind of show everybody how I came to the conclusion of what my lineup was and how I got a cap compliant and why I believe a trade is necessary in order to put forward uh, a, a full roster. So all that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host, it's Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video format. Look us up on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe. And get new videos directly to you each and every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, all Leafs, all the time. And uh, speaking of the Leafs, Dave, they're taking their, uh, you know, their talents up to Gravenhurst for a little R and R, a little bit of puck, but kind of just breaks up the monotony of of spring training. Yeah, you know, it's funny that they're doing it. Like somebody asked me, why are they doing it now? It's like, well, they've been through it the last few weeks guys have been getting banged up just give the guys a little don't a little bit of a break a little break doesn't hurt anybody i'm somebody who likes to take breaks doesn't like to get too overworked well why 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 aren't we doing an r&r trip before the season where are we gonna go i don't know where do you want to go let's go somewhere why not well we know exactly where i want to be right now where's that i want to be back in the motherland ah see italia hmm me too. I wouldn't mind taking a nice trip out to Italy. Quick uh, quick week in, in Italy and get myself some real good pasta, pizza, get all the meats and cheeses I want, bring them home, make a charcuterie board. Oh, that would be fantastic. But uh, I don't think we'll be able to do a last-minute trip as extensive as that. Maybe if we're lucky, maybe we can take a trip to, uh, I don't know, Scarborough together and go to like the STC or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll try and figure something out. Maybe we we'll go see a Hamilton Bulldogs game or something. But uh, no, the, the boys are going up uh, to Gravenhurst. It'll be a good time there. Um, they'll play a little bit. They're still going to be practicing a little. And then they'll be back. There's a game on Friday. And, uh, you know, it'll kind of pretty much get you all set for the regular season now. So they're in the final stretch. So what I want to do on today's episode, Dave, um, something we haven't really done before, but, you know, we did the podcast yesterday where I I explained what I thought would end up being the day one roster, right? Opening night roster and got some flack for some of the guys that were there. A lot of people not liking the fact that I was trying to move on from Pierre Engvall. I think some people also missed 
understood me. I personally do not want to trade Engvall. I think he's a good player, but I think it is necessary based on the cap situation. And that's kind of what I want to walk through on today's show. Um, so I don't know, I guess we should just kind of get right into it and I can screen share here and then we can kind of get into it. What do you think, Dave? Let's do it. All right. So I guess I want to open up the, so cap friendly, great tool. If you are unfamiliar with the website, it is a terrific website. So what you can basically do is set up your own little, you know, armchair GM page and, this is what the Maple Leafs roster looks like right now as it sits. That's without having guys on IR, LTIR, um, and uh, there's also some guys in the minors that will end up coming up. But as it sits right now, the Maple Leafs, whoops. Uh, so the salary cap's 82.5, and their cap hit is 85.3. So currently sit $2.893 million over the cap. This is a problem because they have to get under that number come – uh, I don't know if it's October 11th or October 10th, whatever the set deadline is, a couple of days before the season starts. Day one of the league year, essentially, is the day that they have to get under that number. It could be as high as zero, but it cannot be in the negatives at all. So how do we get there, Dave? Um, first and foremost, uh, so Tavares is not going to be on the team, correct? And by on the team, I mean he's currently injured and will not be there so we can put him on ir uh, let's put him there yeah let's not put him on right d no not gonna put him on right d but he is going to go to the injured reserve because he's out for the first four games now what i do want to say is some people are trying to put him on ltir I've seen on twitter people saying oh they have all this cap space because devaris has put him on ltir and, and lilligren's on ltir or whatever if you put him on LTIR, Tavares, he would have to miss either 10 games or 28 days of the season, neither of which I don't think the Maple Leaf anticipate nor want John Tavares missing. So he will not be put on LTIR unless they get some bad news over the next week or so about his oblique injury. But the expectation is he'll just land on the injured reserve, miss the first week or so, and then be reevaluated from there. But either way, um, that $11 million, if it's on IR, will have to remain on the book. So you're not opening up that cap space, which means if you look up here, the cap it is still $85.3 million. Dave, stop me at any point if you want to uh, if you well, want to get in there with some comments. People need to realize that LTIR gives relief if you get to the point where you need to exceed a certain amount of that salary over the cap limit, right? So in the Leafs case... They could put out JT on LTIR, as you mentioned. Sure. So if they he did go on LTIR, now all of a sudden you've got eight million in cap space because that entire contract is no longer against your cap. Yeah. But, but again, you notice, you're not getting the full eleven million. You're only getting what part of the salary gives you the savings that you need, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't anticipate him going on LTIR. So you can't going to open up. 11 million space by moving him there. Cause that's just not going to happen. Timothy Lilligren on the other hand is a guy who is going to be on LTIR to start the year. Cause he is going to be out for a number of weeks. And, and so that's somebody where you do gain a little bit of cap space. And now you can see we've moved from roughly three million cap to 1.493 million uh, above the cap. So there's still a little bit that they have to get below. And as you can see, there's already 21 players 
on this roster. And you can have up to 23 players on a roster. So, Dave, out of these guys here, I'll, I'll let you kind of decide, which um, of these forwards do you think will end up being sent down and will not factor into this uh, into this roster? Well, easy one will be Kyle Clifford is one. Okay. So we'll send him down to the minors. And because he makes less than 1.25, uh, his entire cap hit will come off the books. And now we're sitting at 730 over the cap. So one more player will have to go down. Who do you have that best? Uh, I'm for cap reasons. I'm going to try Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. Again, the entire cap hit can come off of the books because he's making less than 1.25. So here we are. Boom. Look at that. We are, we are appropriately at the cap. Um, or we're below the cap and we're cap compliant. However, you'll notice a, you're missing a, uh, a player here. You're missing a roster player, but let's continue um, because there's also some guys that need to come up. So defensively, let's just put these in order of how we think things end up shaking out. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think that's about how it's going to shake out. Goaltending, that's how it's going to shake out, right? Do you notice who's missing up here who potentially, who we believe will make the opening night roster? Where's Senior Robertson? Senior Robertson still will need to be called up. Let's get this going will need to be called up from the minors. So here he is. We'll move him up to the majors. Left wing. So this is going to be real uh, annoying if that keeps happening to me. <laughs> we'll put him there. Okay, obviously, uh, we'll also have Michael Bunting up top. Kerfoot right now is in the middle. Robertson. Engvall still on this roster. As of now, we will keep Engvall on this roster, and we'll kind of do this. We'll cheat a little bit. Joey Anderson's another guy who I think we both expect to be yeah. sent down, correct? So we'll also send Joey Anderson down, by the way. So we still need one more player to come up. Look who's not on the roster, who we all expect to be. There's one more guy. Uh, I'm just looking here. Oh, where's our boy, Mr. Zach Aston Reese? Exactly. Remember, Zach Aston Reese is signed to a PTO, so he's not even uh, – there's no cap for him right now on this team. But we're going to sign him to a contract because we believe that is what is going to end up happening. Now, everyone who I've spoken to, and I spoke to a couple of people. I spoke to Darren Dreger earlier today, and I spoke to um, yesterday Mike Johnson. They believe this number will come in – you know, in and around just a, a little above league minimum. They don't expect a very large contract. So I'm going to go out and say $850,000 on a one-year deal is what they'll end up signing Zach Aston Reese for. So let's sign this player. Now you've got Zach Aston Reese signed to a contract. So I would say this, as it sits right now, might be the ideal scenario for game one. Would you agree with me that this exact lineup – would would probably be the best lineup that they could boast night one. I think based and especially after you watch the preseason, that with cap for cap reasons probably is the best lineup you could expect. And here's the problem, David. It's still not cap compliant. They are seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars over the cap, and the only way to get under it is one of two ways. I will tell 
tell you what those ways are on the other side. But first, Dave, let me tell the good folks about one of our show sponsors, and that's Bet Online. It's your number one source for betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB, NHL, MMA, boxing, and even golf. You can head to the betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's go back into what we got going on here. Um, so as I had just mentioned a moment ago, and if if I it, let me know if I am skipping over any steps here, sure. but I think we're of going through it so this is the full there's 20 guys and 20 guys are on a roster on any given night right you've got your your four or you got your 12 forwards your six defensemen and two goals that's who skates and that's who is um that's who's in jersey and on your active roster each and every night obviously this nucleus of players unfortunately not cap compliant to play um to uh to to up for opening night so this is where you get into a tricky situation so there are two ways that you can solve this right dave um which which is one way do you think that you would solve this issue well uh, one is a trade right moving uh, well you have to look at the roster and see because the the other thing about this roster is you're at the minimum before we get to the trade, hold on. Before we get to the trade, the easiest way, the easiest way to make this happen, to get cap compliant, would be to roll with a 19-player squad. And you move a guy like, let's say, Adam Goddett to the minors. Or now you're cap compliant. But or you move into power 11 players. He can doesn't yeah. waiver. I mean, or Robertson. I mean, you can pick any one of those, either either one of those guys. You can even send Abe Kubel. Doesn't matter. I'm just you can send one of those guys down there. I believe Robertson probably should be on this team. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather Robertson there than risk losing Goddard to waivers. To be honest with you, but when I'm looking at it now, okay, we're cap compliant. But do you really want to have only 11 forwards playing no. uh, any given night just just so that you can be cap compliant? No, probably not. So what most likely will have to happen, Dave, a trade, no? I, 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 the, we've been saying, yeah, we've pretty much been saying this since the offseason, right? It, it just makes too much sense because you're, you're, you're making, not only do you not want, you don't want to even go to a situation where you don't have, where you either have an extra forward or an extra defenseman. You're going to need it. You're on a road trip. Somebody gets hurt, and we've seen it. You you don't have a guy, and then you have to play shorthanded because cap. You don't get that. You can't get that. In, sometimes the emergency call up. There's issues with the cap that involves with that. It's very messy, and it's something I think the, the Leafs want to avoid happen because it can. You know, you play shorthanded, another guy goes down. The trickle effect is not pretty. Right. Exactly. So. 
that's essentially what I think is going to end up happening here. And we spoke about it yesterday, which is why we decided to do this, because a lot of people commented and said, hey, you know, I don't think the the, the Leafs should trade Pierre Engvall. I think he's a valuable player. They shouldn't trade him. They need a guy like that to, to be on the squad. I agree they would like to have him. They'd be better with him but they can't really afford to have him on this team. So it's one of three guys to me who will need to be traded um, in order to make this team cap compliant and also skate 20 players uh, on opening night. And those three guys are Alex Kerfoot, Pierre Engvall, and Justin Hall. If I told you, Dave, if you had to power rank which three you believe are not necessarily better, but which three would hurt less to lose? How would you power rank that? Go Pierre Engvall first. Uh, I would go Kerfoot second. And then Justin Hall third. So Pierre Engvall, you think, would be kind of, not that he's easily replaceable, but the most replaceable. is, And that's, that's what you mean by putting him at first? Yeah, basically... He's he's the guy where if you lose him, like they haven't had him all preseason, and we're not saying oh, really wish Barryingville was in the lineup right now. The Leafs could really use him right now. Like we're not his yeah. presence is not really missed in my opinion. Barryingville made I think one what do you make one point two five last year? I, I want to say is, is is what his contract was like the exact amount that he could be sent down for without it going against the cap. I'm pretty sure that's what his contract was last year. And there was already a lot of people out there saying they should trade Pierre Engvall because he's not worth his money. Well, now he's making an extra million dollars. Like, again, I on any other team, Engvall, I think, is worth $2.25 million. I think that for a third-line guy who has the versatility he does, can kill penalties, um, is a good four-checker, and has a lot of speed, can break the puck out, he's got a lot of things going for him. But for this team, it just doesn't work in order to stay under the cap. A trade needs to be done. And for me, Kerfoot, just a little bit more versatile and a little bit better than Pierre Engvall and a little bit more or a little bit less um, replaceable in my eyes, especially with the John Tavares injury. So I think at the end of the day, the odd man out who you really have to move is Pierre Engvall. And that's where, you know, you'd add him to a trade just so that we can see how it works. Let's let's say they they trade him to I don't know pick any team at random. Chicago. Let's go with Columbus. Okay, Chicago. Let's trade to Chicago, and we'll get a fifth round pick, just because I I mean would he garner more probably? But I'm just trying to make it work. So you trade Pierre Engvall, and now all of a sudden you've gained 1.5 million dollars in cap space. Now you can go out there. And you can bring somebody up, whether it may be, you know, Dennis Mulligan, Wayne Simmons. Let's bring in Wayne Simmons into the fold. See what that does. Oh. Ah. So you bring Wayne Simmons into the fold. You can move him over here. Now you got $622,000 in cap space. By trading him out, now you've got a full roster, and you could start to accrue some money also for later on in the year. Now, here's something else that you can do, which is why I think Wayne Simmons is an interesting situation because he makes nine hundred thousand dollars. 
there are players, if we send him back down to the minors and you bring up a guy or you sign a guy like Dennis Mulgan, however, up to the majors, into the NHL, rather, you bring him into the mix, you have 772,000 cap space. That actually allows you to go out and bring up one extra player whether it's Joey Anderson, maybe you want to go and get a defenseman. Perhaps you want this as a chance for Victor Mete yeah. to stick with the group and not have to send anybody down. So let's say you go and you get Victor Mete on your squad now. So now you've got 21 players. You've got an extra defenseman in there. You could send him down and bring up a forward if there's an injury, if need be. And you're sitting there and you are $22,000 cap compliant because you were able to make that deal and now you have an extra body and a full um, full 20-man roster plus someone up in the press box because you were able to make that trade of Pierre Engvall. Yeah, this is where like, in in an ideal situation, every player you have, you want to keep. It's the way you go out about it. But the reality of the situation too is that, and this was the same thing with Zach Hyman, do we let Zach Hyman walk or do we try to re-sign him? They decided to let him walk and look at all the players they were able to bring in, not just bring in, but afford to keep on the actual roster because they didn't have to worry about fitting in Zach Hyman's cap hit. It's kind of the same thing with Pierre Engvall. Is it worth keeping Pierre, uh, Pierre Engvall? We'll even bring in Kerfoot's name into this too, so we're not singling out Engvall. Is it worth keeping those guys around and then having to juggle the lineup the way we were just trying to do it. I don't think it is because pairing is going to be UFA at the end of the year and Kerfoot's going to be UFA at the end of the year. These are guys that likely, unless they're going to be taking a, you know, a, a shaving on what they would earn in free agency. They're likely not going to be here next year. Yep. Did you say Michael Bunting? No, I, I said Kerfoot and Engvall. Right. Bunting's another player who also will be up yeah, next. We have, next we really have to. We're not getting to that conversation. I just want to make that known that Bunting is also a guy who's going to need a contract next season as well. So, you know, some more money that, you know, could potentially be freed up for him in those two guys if you let them walk. But I want to look at one, one more thing when we look at uh, when we look at this dirt configuration. I want to see, like, when we are fully healthy, right, when when this squad gets healthy, how that's going to work. Cause I actually haven't done that yet. And I, you know, is there, is there more moves potentially to be made? So um, are we sharing? I can't see the stream. Is yeah. it sharing? Yep. Yeah, you're up. Okay, perfect. So let's say uh, when John Tavares gets healthy. Okay. So JT gets healthy and they end up, uh, let's say they sent down, well, I could probably send down Goddard realistically. Uh, let's send down Morgan. Yeah. So we sent down Morgan, and now you've got. Yeah, let's just do this for now. And now you've got this here. Actually, you know what? I kind of like this as a lineup. All right. So John Tavares comes back, right? You're still good. You're still cap compliant because he never went on LTIR. So that cap space was never used up because it was always going against the cap. However, you do get into a bit of a situation when you try to bring back Timothy Lilligren, I believe. 
So let's bring Lily back into the full turn. So let's say Lilligren ends up with this team. We will send down Victor. Well, so here. So now you are 627 over the cap. Well, let's send down Victor Mete down to the minors. And now you have 122,000 cap space. So the reason why I think a Pierre Vol trade makes sense and should happen and maybe will happen is because it makes sense for the now and it also because he makes so much money at 2.25 it's the perfect amount of money to also open up the space for when timothy lilligren is ready to come off of ltir and this team can still be cap compliant however they decide to do it if hall comes out of the lineup doesn't matter how you want to you know shake things out here in terms of how this defense works out but the key number here is this one they are $122,000 under the cap with the more most ideal roster that I think the Leafs have right here. And that is by creating the cap space, by trading out Pierre Engvall. Yeah, this is why getting some of these players signed to, you know, and to league minimum or close to league minimum deals like the Giordano contract was big for that. Yeah, some don't might not like Goddet, and some are wondering if Goddet spots in jeopardy. But Goddet at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars kind of puts himself in a better situation because unless unless a Pontus Om, I'll, I'll bring this up. Let's say Pontus Omberg is more deserving a spot than Goddet. You're just switching out those contracts. It's not. Yeah. It's not enough that it's going to hurt the cap situation. So, yes, because Holmberg makes uh, makes enough money. So if we, I guess we can go right back to it. Why not? So let's do that. So just talking about it while we're here, we can see exactly what that does. So let's see that Holmberg ends up making the team, um, or they want to put Holmberg in here instead of uh, Goddet. So you got Holmberg, and you well, so you can't just add him, but you got to send a player down. So let's say you send down Goddet to the minors, and now Holberg's your center, and you're still $45,000 under the cap. You are cap compliant, and it would still work. Yeah, so that's, that's where this, the flexibility there is crucial. But yeah, having Goddet, Holberg, even like an out, but the thing is Steve doesn't really doesn't play center unless you have somebody else moving to the middle, like a Cali Yonkrook or you're moving somebody else down. I don't see that really. Play center. I mean, he can play center. That's not, but... his, that's not the position he really has been playing. All. Uh, yeah. McMahon, Bobby McMahon could play the middle. Goddet. I even like Zach Aston Reese. I know he's not listed. He's listed as a winger. He can play center if need be, if they're looking for a guy to play fourth line center. Zach Aston Reese can do it. He has in the past played the center position, you know, when injuries occur. So he's another guy too, has just a little bit of versatility. He's not quite yeah. Yarncroc or Kerfoot, but he does have some versatility. I mean, in that the regard. other thing too is you can put Kerfoot at center on the third line, move David Camp down to the fourth line as well. There's so many options that you can do here. But I think the important thing to realize here is this is why when we're saying, oh, why is Goddad here? Why are these guys here? It's because of the, what they make. It's it's all has a whole has to work in this weird salary cap fiasco that the Leafs kind of find themselves in. It's not right. because we like Adam so much. 
it's not because they're better, right? The fact that I have Zach Aston Reese and Holmberg or Goddett um, all in my lineup over Pierre Engvall isn't because I think that they are better players than Pierre Engvall. It's simply because the math needs to work at the end of the day. And that's how I thought was most efficient to spend the $82.5 million that this team was allowed to uh, to have this year for their cap. And that's that's the big one there, right? You're, the cap, and you don't want to be, you want to accrue a little bit of salary cap space so that when it comes with the trade deadline, every dollar in and out really does help. Well, and that's why it's like like the Holmgren and the and the the Goddess situation. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you can make that swap if you want to play Holmgren over Goddess, but let's also be honest here. The the way that teams accrue cap space is really important, and the Maple Leafs have talked about that a lot. How they like to accrue cap space throughout the year, and how it's valuable for when they want to make um, a, a a trade come the deadline. The difference in cap space that they can accrue. So with Goddett over Holmgren, it's like an extra 80,000 ish in cap space that they get. So they can accrue a percentage of that each day um, of 80,000, whatever the percentage that you can accrue on a daily basis. I can't recall the numbers right now, but every single dollar is important for the Maple Leafs in order for them to accrue as much as possible. And that's why you'll have a guy making league minimum like Adam Gaudet over a guy like Pontus Holmberg. Right. And, and because that, that the reason why I brought this up is because I saw it in the comments and I think it just needs to be cleared up in how, and look, you might not like the player that much, but players cost money. Some guys cost more than others. You're not trading a star player to figure out this cap situation. You're going to play, get a player that is deemed expendable. Yes. Yes. And again, doesn't mean we don't like Engvall. Engvall is better than some of the guys we have on this roster. But in order to make the money work, you got to make tough decisions. And one that I, if I, when I put my GM cap on, how I think would be most efficient and the best way to go about things, the tough decision would be to move on from Pierre Engvall and try and, you know, move that along, move that cap space elsewhere. And get you know any amount, any pick you can possibly get. If it's a fifth rounder, it's a fifth rounder. If he can get a third, I mean, I think you're you'll be stoked to get a third round pick for you know Pierre Engvall, basically a third line winger who's making over two million. I think if you get a third for that, I think you're you're happy for Dubas. But ultimately, I take whatever you can get, and uh, you know I, I think that the roster that I've laid out here. Is, is, is fairly efficient. You let me know in the comment section below if there's something else that you would like to do. Is there another deal that you think you could you could make? I mean, you could trade Justin Hall, but keep in mind that Engvall makes $2.25 million more than Justin Hall. How many times when I was doing that simulation was there an extra $200,000 or $250,000 Left in cap space, it wasn't. It was like forty thousand, hundred twenty thousand, hundred sixty thousand. They would have been over the cap if you would have traded Hall's two million as opposed to um, Pierre Engvall two point two five. So Justin Hall might not even be in the cards, and if he is, then now you get into a situation where it's like, okay, maybe Robertson does end up having to get sent down for a guy who's making league minimum just because he makes a hundred thousand dollars less, and that would make the cap work. 
Pierre Engvall just makes the most sense, man. Just makes the most sense. He he really does. Unfortunately, he does. And you also have to think of the trade deadline, right? You have to think about if you're going to try to make a big, big addition. You, you another guy might have to come out at that point as well. Uh, the and the last thing I'll bring up, and I brought it up earlier, free agency. You don't want to lose if there if somebody comes up to you with a trade for Pierre Engvall. You have to kind of think of a little bit at the in the future in that regard as well. If if the if it's a decent draft pick, the Leafs don't exact the Leafs have have shown that draft picks can get them somewhere at the trade deadline. They could you always use more draft picks, whether it's actually to use them to draft players or to be used in future trades. So, you know, I've some people were not happy when you know James Van Riesdijk was kept around instead of maybe looking to trade him or like. You, you hold on to some of these free pending free agents and then you lose them for nothing. So a guy like right. a guy like well, yeah, we're saying he's expendable, but if you can get something from him, might as well do it. Yeah, there's that aspect too, right? So uh, we'll see what ends up happening, but uh, there's you know a week until the start of the NHL regular season, right? First game is a week today for the Maple Leafs. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Pierre Engvall is is on this roster or not, and who is on this roster or not. There could be another injury that's LTIR situation where this is totally moot because then they could put extra space on LTIR and maybe they'll be able to make something work uh, and be able to keep Pierre Engvall. But the way I see it right now as we're recording, this is how I think uh, would be the most efficient way for the Maple Leafs to go about their roster come opening night. But it's not my decision. It's Brandon Pridham, Kyle Dubas, Shelton Keefe and company. So we'll see what they end up doing. That will do it for us today, though, David. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to today's show. I'd like to thank you all for supporting. You can subscribe to Locked on these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also, follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead and uh, leave a thumbs up, a little like on this video. Comment down below your thoughts on what I had to say. This is just my opinion. If you have something better or something else to bring to the table, please share it in the comment section below. We'd love to, to discuss it also. Um, and if you're listening on iTunes, I would ask for you to maybe leave a, a review and a five-star. That would be great. goes well with the whole algorithms and science and whatnot and how all that stuff works but that would be greatly appreciated as well uh dave and i'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs